What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Scotty Talks NBA. Today, I am featuring a very special guest, uh, somebody I'm very excited to talk to about some NBA basketball, specifically the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, fabulous writer, uh, Harrison Grimm. Uh, welcome to the show, Harrison. Thank you for coming on. How has your day been, my man? I just want to, you know, welcome to you, welcome you all the way to the show. Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, I really want to say thanks for having me on. It's always great to uh, talk some Sixers, especially when they're winning. Uh, Everyone likes when they win. So very excited to be here. Uh, Just ready to dive right into it. Yeah, 100 percent. Before we get started, I obviously want to plug you up, uh, make sure everybody knows where where to find you. As you can see right there, uh, he has his Twitter handle there. It's Harrison underscore Grimm. And uh, Harrison does do some work for the Liberty Ballers, and I believe it's called Profit X. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So yep, you do correct. some NBA an- anal- analyzing for them as well. Um, so you're all over the NBA world. You you got us covered here. Um, before we dive in, of course, I want to plug DSM Media. If you're not already subscribed to DSM Media, make sure to click click that subscribe button, click the like button, comment, share your uh, share all your feelings regarding the Sixers so far this season. But um, let's dive right in, uh, Harrison. I definitely want to start, you know, by the by the main guy here, and uh, the main guy that I'm talking about is Joel Embiid. Um, so I do have a tweet here uh, already pulled up of yours, um, which, as I mentioned, as the show started, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Harrison. So Twitter is where I found Harrison's work, um, and as you can see, he, he puts some really quality stats out there. So I love this follow. You guys definitely want to go out there and follow him, but. Um, how impressive has Joel Embiid been during this stretch? Like, I'll start with a generic question like that. Yeah, I mean, the the stats really speak for themselves. I mean, you you have it up right now, thirty points per game, eleven rebounds per game, basically. You know, that's just straight up dominance. And everyone's going to look at the points per game and rebounds per game and and be in amazement. And while that is a great thing, I'm looking at something like the assists per game and more specifically the assist to turnover ratio. He's only turning over the ball two and a half times a game during this stretch. And that's kind of been an area where we've seen Embiid kind of um, have a flaw in his game, if you will. Um, And he's just done a phenomenal job of taking care of the basketball. And and keep in mind, like, he's playing alongside Tyrese Maxey, who, you know, is a shooting guard, point guard, however you look at him. Uh, But he's not really a true point guard, at least not yet. So just seeing how well Embiid has has taken care of the ball and also kind of taken on a playmaking role uh, has been really, really fun to watch. And it's part of the reason that he's, you know, the NBA's Eastern Conference uh, Player of the Month. Yeah, yeah, no. And and I'm glad you mentioned that because Embiid did get awarded that today um, after the tremendous triple-double last night, which I'm, I, I know for sure you saw that. Um, the 31 points, what, 15 rebounds, 10, 10 or 11 assists. Um, and then he throws in two blocks and a steal on top of it. So he's doing it on both ends. But um, you, you highlighted a very good point there. And I think that's the passing um, and the facilitating, I should say. Um, and he's, he's had to step in. He's had to step in for Ben. As you mentioned, Tyrese Maxey is not your typical prototype point guard. Um, he's not the facilitating you know type of point guard there. He's more of a scoring guard. Um, what are you seeing differently in that, you know, as far as him being a facilitator? I know part of it is... Um, passing out of the double teams as well when when we're talking about that turnover uh, assist to turnover ratio what are you seeing differently from Embiid where where he's viewing the floor uh, this season yeah so that's a great question Uh, as of late he's really impressed me with just how he's been taking the ball up the floor 
Uh, we've seen it in seasons past where he's attempted to do that, and a lot of the times it led to a lot of turnovers, yeah. guards sneaking up behind him, stripping him of the ball. Uh, but that really hasn't been the case this season. We've actually seen him bring the ball up the floor and either you know cut to the rim and, and Eurostep or get a layup or even find some of his teammates. And that's a skill that I feel like he's really, really improved on. And Another area that he's improved on is becoming a better screener. Now he has the ability to set more screens without Ben Simmons, who, you know, obviously is a non-shooter. Right. He's playing a, around a lot of guards that are willing to shoot the ball if they're open. Uh, so those are just two different areas of the game in which he's really improved in. But it, it's led to some really nice results. The offense has picked back up. Uh, he's becoming more and more comfortable with the ball in his hands and without uh, the ball in his hands, like I said, as a screener. So, Joel's just been so fun to watch, and it amazes me every single season that he improves in some area. You know, last season, he easily could have said, this is the player I am. I am an MVP caliber player. Uh, this is what I do. But we've seen, you know, those are just two areas of, of many uh, yeah. in which he's improved on, and it's been really, really fun to see. Yeah, so I, I think that's a good segue point to my next question for you, which is, you know, obviously Embiid, he's he's been great. He's been tremendous, especially of late. He's an MVP. He should be an MVP candidate by now. Um, where can he improve? He's obviously not perfect. Like, what can he improve on maybe the rest of this season or maybe even in the offseason, you know, just to get even better than what he is right now? Or do you think he may have reached that pinnacle point, which I, I don't truly believe after what I've seen? I can't imagine that that talent will just stop growing the way it's grown over the last few years. Yeah, so, you know, just in terms of this season, uh, I, I feel like he can be a much better mid-range shooter. We saw last season just how automatic that mid-range yeah. pull-up became. And, and this season, it hasn't really been there, uh, but it really hasn't been that big of a deal because, you know, he's still scoring on the inside and he's really picked up his game on the perimeter, you know, behind yeah. the three-point line. I actually tweeted out a shot chart from this season and Pretty much every area on the perimeter is green. Yeah. Uh, so whether or not that is sustainable over the course of an entire season, you know, remains to be seen. Uh, but in terms of Joel Embiid just improving, which, you know, is tough to do. He's doing a lot really well right now. Uh, that would be the focal point, I would say. And I think it will pick back up uh, as time goes on. I like I love that. Yeah. And I, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I saw the uh, shot chart that you put out earlier as well. I didn't get to like fully, you know, divulge into it. Um, what did you see? Like, is I, I noticed that like obviously some of the mid-range spots are red now compared to last season. Is that just because he's not taking as many shots there, or what, is he just like you said? He just needs to keep improving that mid-range. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the slow start that he had earlier in the season. That you know, everyone and even myself, I, I was getting a little bit concerned with with how he looked. It, it just looked yeah. a lot different from last year. So. I think a lot of it is from that. Um, and I also think he's been putting more of an emphasis on, you know, just taking perimeter shots. Like yeah. if you compare the numbers uh, currently, it, it's a lot higher than last season. Uh, in some areas, he's already reached the halfway point or more in attempts uh, compared to the entirety of last season. So mm -hmm. I think he's kind of changed up his game a little bit. I, I don't think he'll ever, you know, just be a three-point and, and paint guy, you know. Right. Uh, I wouldn't like to see that. But yeah. I think I think it's a little bit of just finding his groove again. And also, I think he changed his play style a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see that. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm just looking at these splits that you got on the screen. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing, a guy of his stature, that he can do that. I mean, I just continually get amazed by this guy. 
Um, but shout out to Joel Embiid. He's, he's been dominant and rightfully earned the uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Um, obviously, there's, there's a bit of an elephant in the room today. Now, I saw your tweet once again for, you know earlier about the Tobias situation. You don't think that it, it deserves as much discourse as it's gotten. Um, and quite frankly, I, I really don't either. Now, some people are going to call me a Tobias defender. I'm, I'm not a defender. I'm not a defender of anybody. I just try to look at what's really going on. Um, what are what are you seeing that, that's going on with Tobias Harris? What's wrong with him right now? Uh, it, there's a lot, unfortunately, and, and it sucks to say because you know Tobias is a good guy. He really is, yeah. um, and he is a talented player. Um, now that gets overshadowed a lot because you know he's earning a lot of money, 180 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and there's been times this season where he just simply has to be better and produce better and live up to that number as much as possible. Will he ever live up to that contract? Probably not. But at the same time, he can and should be the player that we saw last season, which was, you know, quick decision-making, 20 points per game, a good rebounder. He, he was really, really solid last season. Um, and he just needs to get back to that, that player. Now, if you look at his numbers, if you look at his stat sheet, he's actually averaging similar numbers. Uh, even better numbers in terms of rebounding uh, compared to last season. Yeah. The only real difference is, is a drop-off in, in three-point percentage. Last year, he shot near 40%. Uh, now I believe he's shooting around 27 or 28%, which, you know, that, that's not going to get it done. So it, it really just comes down to that, taking and making your three-pointers. We've seen him uh, get those shots up, and he needs to get those shots up. With or without Ben Simmons, yeah. you have to space the floor for Embiid. Uh, so Tobias really just needs to step up, and and that's kind of been the story. And you know, I'm gonna sound like a broken record saying that, uh, but it's just the truth. No, no, 100%. I, I 100% believe everything you're saying. Um, and you know, the biggest part of it for me, I guess, is the lack. It, it's almost like he's lacking confidence. And you know, part of that is what I think we saw last night is like he's really like in his own head, and uh, really, really worried about the fans way too much. I will start by saying that. He should not be, you know, that worried that he's talking to fans mid-game. You got to, you got to be worried about what you're doing. Um, but yeah, he just looks so indecisive, and it's exact. It's it's what we have like complained about, and even before he got to Philly, that was the thing with him. And, and everybody talks about how Doc Rivers, you know, solved him or solves him every time he coaches him, um, as far as being more decisive. But we're just not seeing it, and obviously, it's resulted in inefficient shooting. Um, as far as the three-point shooting, what you're seeing there is that. Is it so bad because he's just not taking a lot of them, or is it is he just really shooting at a bad clip, and maybe that's why he hasn't been shooting them as much lately? You know, it, it's tough to say. Um, there there are threes that he just misses, and you know, ultimately that just comes down to him making those. Right. Uh, but there's been a lot of threes this season where it seems like they're kind of out of rhythm, or it's just kind of like, or, or I should say, this is the way I view it because because I don't know what Tobias is thinking, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of threes that he takes where it seems like it's out of rhythm and he's just thinking like to himself, like, okay, I need to take this shot to space the floor and he just doesn't make it. Uh, that, that's what it comes off as to me. Um, so it, it, it's really tough to say. Do you, uh, do you like when I look at this situation, part of me, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and blame Tobias's entire lack of performance on Ben Simmons. Like that's not fair to Ben Simmons, obviously, but when I look at uh, Tobias Harris's piece, you know, where he plays in this offense, 
it just seems like he is not getting those mismatches anymore, right? Like he's having to go up against guys that are his size now because when Ben Simmons is in that lineup, defenses have to decide, like, who are they going to give the mismatch to? Are they going to give it to Tobias or are they going to give it to Ben Simmons? Most of the time they were going Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons facilitates out of that post role. Um, Tobias is not getting that luxury this year, and I think that's where he's struggling. Is it, Are you seeing something something similar to that? Yeah, I, I think there's been times this year where he gets a mismatch, whether that's against like a smaller guard and he doesn't really post up. And if he does, there's a lot of times where he doesn't really take take you know the the proper shot or, or score against those and types some of people. really ugly hook shots. Yeah, and and like <laughs> listen, Tobias is is a good uh, post or a post fadeaway scorer, uh, but he just hasn't really been hitting those this year. Yeah. And, and I think the most concerning thing about, you know, Tobias attacking mismatches is he was always kind of labeled as, you know, a tweener between a three and four where he's not quick enough to guard, you know, threes, but he's quick enough to take advantage against fours who aren't as mobile. Um, and there's been a lot of times this year where a, a center or a slower forward gets switched onto him and he just can't blow by these people. Yeah. He can't score against those people. And that's something that's really concerning. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And this might be not this might not be the best example, but I just as soon as you said that, I completely think back to that Memphis game. Um, and it was a game I believe Embiid was out in that game. Um, so it yeah. was really Tobias's night to be the number one, right? So you you see him go into that matchup and against Jaron Jackson, which I know Jaron Jackson is otherworldly as far as athleticism um, and even skill. He's very skilled as well. But he just got completely dominated in that matchup, it felt like. And it wasn't really in the scoring column. Like, Jaron Jackson didn't have, like, 30 points or anything like that. But just as far as the physicality, he just looked overmatched in that matchup. And that's that's immediately what I'm thinking, too, whenever you say that. Now, might not fit, the you know, the description of a slower big, but because um, Jaron Jackson's so athletic. I, uh, one last question about Tobias Harris' situation, and it's the obvious one. Is it fair uh, the way he's being treated by the fans, in your opinion? You know, I, I look at it from both sides. Um, I think that, you know, from a fan perspective, I understand why they're booing. They want more out to Tobias Harris. We saw what he's capable of doing last season. and We aren't getting that anymore. Is that part um, of it? I, I think that is. Uh, but, at, but at the same time, like, if, if you or I, you know, let, let's put ourselves in, in Tobias's shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of the money he's earning, right? Right. If you're playing basketball and, and like you're having a poor game and you're getting booed by 20,000 fans, like you're probably gonna get annoyed or, or feel some type of way about that. That's just being human. Uh, so, so I get both sides of it. I, I think, you know, with, with fans and booing, I think it's something that's completely okay. That's what sports are all about, right? You know, it, booing is just supporting your team. Um, it's not like they're, you know, insulting him, which is, you know, crossing the line. Right. Uh, but at the same time, if you're Tobias Harris, you do have to try and block out that noise. But I do also understand from a human perspective that it might and can get to you. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And I think the biggest part is, you know, just how competitive Tobias is. And he kind of just can't hide that fire once he does make a shot. And he's like in your, you know, in your face. And it's kind of I guess my my issue with it is not the boom. I. I boo at Philly games too. I went, you know, to an Eagles game where they, I, I boo all the time. I'm, I'm a booer. So um, I get it. But I, I think my problem is when I, you know, see things on Twitter, like, oh, this guy's completely worthless or, you know, that I wish this happened to, I wish what happened to Ben happened to Tobias and like all of this. 
And I'm just sitting here looking. I'm like, Tobias didn't quit on this team, though. And, like, that's, like, the biggest thing for me is, like, don't compare those situations because Tobias, one, is, is a good dude. I don't know enough about Ben Simmons. He's just not that outspoken. He's not that outgoing. But um, Tobias is a good dude. He is putting up close to his typical numbers, like you said. Uh, the efficiency's down. So I just don't like the personal attacking. I guess that's what you were getting at, the insulting, which that's not happening at the game. So to be clear, that's not happening at the game from what we're seeing. Um but I guess the other side of it is just the fans getting upset that he responds that way. My, I, I see both sides as well. I think Tobias one should not be, you know, playing to the fans at all. Like it, it's the same thing I said about Nick Sirianni. It seemed like in in a game, in an Eagles game earlier this season, he like ran the ball just because the fans were chaining run the ball. Like don't play to the fans. Do your thing. Do what you know is right. And uh, but the other side is, you know, if you're gonna hand out the booze, don't be surprised if he has a little aggression back, right? Um, but <laughs> Moving, moving on from Tobias, I don't like to stick to the negativity too much, man. They're, they're in the midst of a four-game winning streak, and uh, this has been the topic of conversation today, so I, I, don't, I don't really like that. Um, something else I wanted to point out, and uh, this is another big piece. Uh, a guy that I was super excited for coming into the season, um, and this is another great article for, from uh, Harrison here, but um, you wrote right before uh, that, Nets, that big Nets matchup, right before New Year's, you wrote this article basically stating, you know, that the Sixers need to trust Tyrese Maxey a little bit more in order to get the best or the most out of this team. And uh, I'm just wondering, after that Nets game, did you see anything different in the usage or the trust of Tyrese Maxey? Or was that just Tyrese Maxey, you know, in the middle of a, a flaming hot game where he's, you know, hitting five out of eight threes? Yeah, so that was good timing by me uh, putting out that article. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate that Tyrese is in health protocols now because he was really, really good in that game. And I think that was easily the best game uh, in terms of, you know, Joel and Tyrese both playing their roles and, and dominating in different regards. Uh, they were just so good together. And I think part of it was hot shooting. I mean, Tyrese Maxey yeah. is not going to hit. I think he hit five threes in that game. Yeah. Uh, that that's not going to be a nightly thing for him. I don't, I don't think it ever will be, and that that's okay. Uh, but you know, just seeing the Sixers trust him, I felt like that was the first game where I don't know if it was the coaching staff's decision or if it was just kind of like a player thing. Uh, but Tyrese Maxey had the second most shot attempts that night. I believe he had eighteen. Yeah. Uh, Tobias had fourteen that night, and that's something I feel like should happen a lot more. And, and yeah. I get you know. Doc is veteran heavy. He loves Tobias Harris. But we've seen what Tyrese Massey can do. We saw what happened when Joel Embiid was in, you know, COVID protocols. He just completely took over. And while the playmaking is certainly a work in progress, what is there right now is the three-level scoring. He's shown that he's a capable shooter. Uh, He has that floater, that mid-range game. And he's a really good finisher for his size. So, the Sixers really do, and, and this is what I said, you know, in that article. Uh, they really just need to trust him more. They they need to let him be that second or third option definitively, yeah. for sure. One hundred percent. I'm I'm in you know one <laughs> total agreement with you. Um, as far as Tyrese Maxey, I, I think one of the things that has really impressed me is uh, the lack of turnovers, or once again the assist to turnover ratio. You could say. Um, but really just keeping it, I think he's at like 1.3 or 1.7 turnovers per game right now. Um, 
how impressive is that from like a second year point guard, first year starter? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it. Uh, a lot of times the, these guards, these young point guards will come into the league and they'll just be turnover prone because you're going up against, you know, the best defenders in the world every yeah. single night. Um, and that's something that we just haven't seen Tyrese really struggle with. And, and like I said, the assist numbers kind of fluctuate. Uh, but one thing has been consistent with him, and, and that is the lack of turnovers. And I think that's really uh, impressive whether or not, you know, he grows into more of a point guard or if he's kind of a shooting guard in a point guard's body. I think that's something that's really cool to see in someone as young as Tyrese. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And I'm I'm just a huge Maxi fan, so I love hearing you say that. Um, he's, he's such a good kid too. He's, he's, you know, always smiling. He just had his house burned down, you know, praise to him and his family, but, um, such, such a great kid. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you. So on this two game, uh, stand lately, you know, since doc had came down with COVID been a lot of, uh, Dan Burke hype. He's, you know, really getting <laughs> the fans route up. <laughs> I tell you, Philly fans are wild, man. Um, <laughs> Is the Dan uh, is the Dan Burke hype real? Is that is that something that you're are you seeing something different out there, or do you think that that's Doc? Like I don't know how that works that relationship. Like if Doc is out with COVID, does he give Dan Burke a play a uh, game plan, or does Dan Burke just do his own thing from there? So Dan Burke kind of explained that a little bit uh, before the first game he coached. I forget which game it was, uh, but he basically said that. While Doc Rivers essentially said, you know, this is your team for the time being, that I didn't want to go too far away from the scripted game plan that they have in place. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of tells you where it is. Uh, but I will say I've really liked Dan Burke's rotations, you know, in the time given. It's unfortunate that, you know, Sam Cassell is in COVID protocols because I would be really interested to see what he would do. Uh, but Dan Burke has done a really good job. I mean, the team is undefeated under him. Uh, I've been a big fan of the rotations. He's kind of uh, switched up the at least the first half game plan. The second half game plan has kind of remained the same. Yeah. Uh, but in the first half, what he's done is he's played Joel nearly the entire quarter or the entire quarter. Yeah. Um, and he takes Tobias out around the midway mark or the four minute mark. And then what he'll do is he'll put in Tobias. And I think he did it with Matisse as well uh, in with the reserve unit. And I think that's really smart and really good. Um, and I wish that Doc Rivers would kind of go away from the, you know, the, the starting unit and the reserve unit. There's no mixing because this is a different team this year. And he had to do that last year because Ben Simmons and Dwight were a nightmare together, you know, two yeah. non-shooters. Yeah. You don't have that this year. You have more traditional guards. So why not kind of switch it up? Maybe that can get Tobias Harris rolling. Yeah. But I, I would like to see, and, and hopefully Doc does this when he comes back, um, and when Tyrese comes back, but I really think that you should separate Tyrese Maxey and Joel and beats minutes. Yeah. Uh, just let Tyrese Maxey do what he does and, and yeah. that's score the ball. Um, I think that'll really benefit the bench unit. I think it'll really benefit Joel. Um, and I think ultimately it'll really benefit the team. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great idea. It's an idea that I've been preaching all year now. Obviously I'm not saying bench Maxey, put him at the bench unit. He can still start. It's called staggering rotation, staggering minutes. So you know, I, I think that's a concept that I haven't seen Doc adapt to just yet. Um, and maybe this is a good side question, but is that common around the NBA or is that like an old school thing to do these full like hockey line switches? 
I, I think it ultimately comes down to the coaches and coaches' decision. Uh, there's older coaches that were very experimental, um, and, and ones in the NBA right now that are also experimental. Yeah. Uh, Doc Rivers, we we've seen um, that he sticks to his plan, yeah. uh, even to a fault sometimes, and we saw that firsthand with the Clippers when they lost to the Nuggets. Um, and and that's just how Doc Rivers is. Some games it works out, uh, other times it does not. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes he, he what he does, he dies on his own on his hill, right? Like that's what he's mm-hmm. he's known for. Um so the one last question about the Sixers, and then I do want to ask you uh just who your top five favorite NBA players are, just because I'm I'm just curious. Um as far as the Sixers bench, you mentioned a couple of the guys on their bench. How do you feel about that bench unit this year? Are they, you know, do you they're, they're obviously considerably better than last year, I believe. You know, they haven't been healthy enough. Um, you know, for the most part. But what have you seen from the bench? Are you impressed with them? Yeah, so I guess I'll put a little disclaimer that the sample size the, the sample size that we've seen this year has been kind of small because of COVID and, and yeah. injury stuff. Uh, but I've I've really liked what I've seen from the bench unit. I, I think Georges Niang in in particular is a really, really good upgrade and a really good player. Yeah. Um. That I really wasn't expecting him to be this good. If I'm yeah. if I'm being honest with you, I just kind of knew going into the season that he can shoot the ball. And yeah. you know what? That that that's good enough for me. After watching Mike <laughs> Scott not do well, I'll, I'll put it lightly. Um. <laughs> but but even with Georges Niang, you know, he showcased that he can kind of dribble a little bit. He can kind of play make a little bit, yeah. and he's not a nightmare defensively. And you know what? That that's good enough. Um, yeah. And then, then just going through everyone, Furkin is starting to get back to Furkin. He had a great game last night against the Houston Rockets. Hopefully that nightmare stretch is done for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, it, that was a really rough stretch. It was <laughs> really rough. And, and it's rough to see him go through it because I, I promise you, yeah. I, I am hard on, on Cork Miles sometimes, but I do want the best from him. I think he's supremely talented on the offensive end specifically. Um, he has all the tools to be, you know, not I wouldn't say a prolific scorer. He's not consistent enough, but he can be a solid scorer, you know, a double digit guy in this league. And I, I think he's shown that he just he just has to put together the consistency consistency um, with Corkmont specifically. Something that's been talked about is, you know, his comfortability as far as running the second unit as a point guard on that unit and seemingly him playing better. We saw Shake go out of the game last night. Um, you know, I, I can't remember which part of the game he went out. I think it was like the third quarter. Something like that. Something yeah, like, he injured his injured his bag. Hopefully, shakes all right. But um, did is that something that you've noticed with Cork Mobs? He's just better. He gets more in a rhythm. Is that? Um, it, it, it's tough to say, just because you know we 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 kind of saw it uh, at the beginning part of the season right. where where he kind of was the the backup point or, or the go to point for a little bit, and he played well. Um, last night that was the same case. So. It's a really small sample size. I, I would oh, like yeah. to see more of it before definitively taking a side on that topic, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think you're right, though, with Furkin being a, a consistent score. I think he can, you know, be a 10 point per game kind of guy, yeah. given the minutes. Uh, but he's been great. I feel like Matisse has been solid defensively as well. Yeah, I, I think Shake has been all right, too. I know Shake. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of the scapegoat a lot of times because he's more of a two kind of playing the one similar to Maxi. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like given what he's being asked to do, he's done all right. And, and like you said, I, I hope his back is okay. He's already got rolled out for tomorrow's oh, game. No. So hopefully it's nothing serious. 
Um, and then and then you got all the centers who we've kind of seen, you know, bits and pieces of. We saw we've seen obviously Andre Drummond, who is a is a bit of a roller coaster. There's nights where he looks amazing and, and he's a big part, like in that Nets game. He yeah. had like 10 and 10 in 15 minutes, which that's really good. Yeah. Um, and then there's other nights where he's just kind of lost out there. And and you got Charles Bassey, who actually looked like a solid center, which is surprising. Yeah given that he's, you know, an end of second round pick. Yeah. Uh, so he's been fun. He had that game against the Jokic where he, he put the clamps on him, which I'm <laughs> sure everybody expected. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, and you also got B-Ball Paul, uh, yeah. who's been kind of in and out of the rotation. And I'll tell you what, I've been really impressed with, with Paul Reed when he has played. Uh, he had two really good games, I remember, against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Chicago Bulls, where he was tasked with guarding DeMar DeRozan, who's been – you know, a scorching score this season. Yeah. He did well. Yeah. And also against Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is a great talent, an MVP talent, he held his own against them. So yeah. the Sixers have a deep team, and it's going to be really interesting to see uh, if any other players are, are moved in the Ben deal and, and who those guys are. Because right. let's face it, it's not going to be, you know, a one-for-one one swap. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what Daryl Morey does. Yeah, that's a, it's a great point. It's something I had kind of forgotten. It got lost in translation there. But um, Isaiah Joe obviously had a big night last night too. Mm-hmm. He, I believe he hit five threes as what five five out of eight threes, similar to Maxi in the the game before. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that these guys can continue to play well while guys are out. Um, and hopefully, you know, I hate to use them as <laughs> trade pieces, but I hope they increase their value. Um, specifically guys like Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed, if we could, you know, involve them in a trade and that gets us some a, a bigger piece, whatever the case may be. Um, before I get you out of here, Harrison, I know I already took you to 30 minutes, which I'm so sorry. I told you 20. Um, no really, worries. Really quick. Uh, top five favorite NBA players. So not maybe the ones that you think are the best, but your favorite. So... My favorite this season, I would have to go, you know, the Sixers are my team in my heart. So I got to go with my two guys, Joel Embiid. He's been fun to watch December onward. He's been great. It's kind of a cop-out answer, but Joel's fun. He's great. Yeah, I love watching him. Obviously, Tyrese Maxey is also the other guy I'm alluding to. He's been so fun to watch grow this season. And coming into this year, I had some doubts about, whether or not he was ready for this massive role that that was given to him, you know, it, it regardless of, of the player that we're talking about, he was expected to come in in year two and do a lot of stuff. Um, and that's a big ask for a 21 year old point guard. But overall, I feel like he's done a really good job. Uh, he's been great to watch, really fun to watch when he gets hot. Uh, so my third player, I'll, I'll go to some other teams now. Um, I'm going to go with DeMar DeRozan. He's okay. been so like fun that. to watch. And it's really cool to see a, a guy that was basically slept on, you know, in San Antonio. It's a small market. Not many people are watching them. He was still a productive player there. And he's come to Chicago. He's taken on this scoring role. And you've seen the highlights of it. You've seen what he can do, even against the Sixers as well. He is such a fun player to watch. He's a bucket, and he's going to be an all-star this year, which I think is a really awesome storyline. Then the other two, I would say, are on the same team, actually. (laughs) I'm going to go with Darius Garland uh, from the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers, who has just taken a big leap this season. Uh, He's really their only point guard. Well, actually, Rondo's there now. Uh, But Darius Garland is a ton of fun. 
a great playmaker. He's also probably going to be an all-star, which good for him. It's really deserving. The Cavs have been yeah. so fun to watch this year. And yeah. I'm going to go with Evan Mobley then as, as my fifth player, who is just this lengthy talent, has some Chris mm-hmm. Bosh in him, just can do so much. Um, and, and he's so young and raw that how, how good is this guy going to be? It's going to be really fun to watch his career play out. Yeah, I love I love uh, Evan Mobley, and I love that you mentioned Darius Garland and mentioned the Cavs, you know, in general here, um, because they have been so impressive, um, and they they've dealt they with have. some injuries too. So um, it's it's impressive to see what they've turned out to be, and they're they're sticking around there in the Eastern Conference. They're not plummeting yet, so that's that's good to see. It'll be nice to see if they can hang around because I don't we haven't played the Cavs yet this year. Have we? If we did, they they didn't have their stars playing. I know that. I believe not. I believe they have not. Okay. And we usually, I know when Colin Sexton played, at least last season, we kind of struggled with the Cavs a little bit. Those quick guards there. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But um, Harrison, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it was lovely to chat with you. Um, obviously, I hope we get to chat again soon in the future. Um, I would love to talk to you, you know, as the season progresses. But thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. And I want to give you the opportunity uh, let any of my listeners, my viewers out there uh, know what you got going on content wise. Yeah. So, so first and foremost, again, thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate it. It's always great talking Sixers and general NBA stuff. So thank you. Um, but yeah, you, you have my DM. So, so anytime you want to have me on, just reach out, man, and, and we can make something work. Appreciate uh, but in terms of my work, uh, you shouted out Liberty Ballers. Uh, I right there. Great network, great people. Go check them out if you haven't. Uh, Profit X, I also do some NBA analysis for them. Go check them out. And I recently started up my uh, brand new newsletter, Above the Grim. So you can go and subscribe to that for free right now. There's a lot of great content that I'm working on, including a trade deadline primer that's probably going to be the longest thing I've ever written. (laughs) Uh, So lots of great stuff coming there. Go subscribe right now. It's completely free. Uh, So, yeah, that's where I'm at. And, And once again, Scotty, thank you so much for having me on. Of course, anytime, Harrison. You're always welcome here on DSM Media. Thank you once again. I will make sure I go and uh, you know subscribe to your Substack there because I definitely want to check out all of your work. Um, but thank you so much once again, Harrison. Have a great Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Peace. All right, guys. So as you can see, Harrison was a great guest there. Um, of course, you know. I want to I want to just go over a little bit about the game last night before I get out of here. Um, obviously, the Sixers were able to take care of the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, obviously, they won by 20 points. It was one of those games where we finally got to see the Sixers take care of business, um, which was very pleasing for once. Now, I was in the DSM meeting uh, at the time, so I was watching it kind of, you know, side view watching it. So I didn't get a ton of, you know, intel in that game. Um, but just as, as far as watching, you know, what I did. Um, the Sixers are looking good. I know Tobias is struggling. I know that we're going to, you know, pinpoint that and, and focus on it. It's just natural as, as Philly fan base, as I, you know, said earlier on the, um, let me see here. Just trying to get this fixed. As I said earlier on my short that I released on YouTube earlier today, if you didn't check that out, check it out. It was just a Tobias rant. Also gave Joel Embiid some, some big props, which we'll go over, uh, before the show ends today. But um, just as far as, you know, looking at this team, let's focus on the positives with this team. Joel Embiid is balling right now. 
Obviously, Tyrese Maxey was out last night. That's not what you want to see. The COVID stuff sucks. And the fact that Matisse is on the COVID list again, like Tyrese Maxey's dealing with this again. You don't want to see that, obviously. But what I will say, there we go. We got the uh, overlay there. Uh, <laughs> what I will say is, uh, you know, it, it's nice to see Corkmaz, as uh, Harrison mentioned, get back on the shrine, you know, get back on the in the groove last night with 24 points and 11 rebounds. Shout out to him. First career double-double. Um, so he comes in in relief of obviously all the guys mi uh, missing there. Shake Milton went out, Tyrese Maxey out, uh, Matisse Thibel out. So Cork Miles got some extended. We finally saw uh, some Paul Reed and Joel Embiid minutes, which I think is very interesting. I know naturally when it when you hear it in your ears, when it comes out of my mouth, it doesn't sound too pleasing. You're you're probably kind of scared of it in, in a sense, but when you really when you really think about it, right. Paul Reed does really all of the things that Joel Embiid kind of doesn't on the offense. And now I'm not saying that Joel Embiid doesn't hustle or rebound. I'm not saying that Joel Embiid definitely hits the boards hard uh, when he, when he decides to, but whenever you have Joel Embiid operating on the perimeter, like he has, as Harrison mentioned, he's been operating on the perimeter a lot more this season, uh, facilitating a lot more passing out of double teams. Paul Reed's the perfect guy to have out there. He gets rebounds. If you're going to shoot mid range jumpers, if you're going to shoot three pointers, he gets rebounds. He's a hustle guy. He plays hardcore defense. He's one of the uh, great young defenders on this team. So it's great to see him get minutes beside Embiid. It's great to see the Sixers try new things. And uh, I just want to continue to continue to see that. As far as it being Dan Burke, we'll see how the rotations look like um, whenever Doc gets back. But I'm 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 super I'm superbly uh, impressed with the Philadelphia 76ers right now in this four game win streak. And I just want to see Tobias Harris get it together, right? I, I want to see him pull it together, start to bring back that efficient shooting. As my, you know, my guys from DSM were talking about earlier, getting Dylan, we got to see him get back to that 50, 40, 90, right? We got to see him get back to that type of efficiency because now as Philly fans, we've seen that from Tobias. It's expected now. So I just really hope to see him get out of his own head. You know, it's never good to see him go back and forth with fans. He doesn't need to be doing that. But also, I think the, the fans can lay off a little bit. You don't want to kick players while they're down. I get it's a Philly thing. It's tough love. And I appreciate that. Obviously, I've, I've talked about it before. I don't think the mainstream media narratives are true. I'm not siding with the mainstream media as far as Philly fans and booing and all of that. Um, what I'm just saying is in this situation, I think he can back off a little bit. Just a little bit. He is a max player. I get it. The contract talk. And this is my other thing with the contract. Like, the contract is not his fault. Like, the Sixers offered it to him. You, you, would you deny that? Would you decline that that contract offer? That max contract? I don't, I don't think that you would. So, whenever we're talking about Tobias Harris, if you want to judge his game, if you want to critique his game, critique his efficiency, his shooting, his shot selection, that is all fine. If you want to even, if you even want to, you know, cr critique his effort which I, I don't fully fall on that side. I think he plays hard. I think he is still struggling with COVID, in my opinion. He just doesn't look right. Um, but I, I think we need to give him a little leeway, give him some breathing room, and let him get back to what he's doing and stop worrying about the fans. And to Tobias, literally that. Stop worrying about the fans. That's that's not what we need to worry about when we're trying to win basketball games here in the NBA. So um, definitely want to see Tobias get back to his normal play. And um, – yeah, the, the Sixers have looked good. I, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I'm going to finish up with uh, some Do Something Major awards. Uh, so obviously you saw earlier on my short that was released on YouTube earlier, um, we awarded 
Joel Embiid with the DSM do something major award today. Um, obviously, after that huge, huge, huge triple double, um, he had 31 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, two blocks, and one steal. Very impressive on both sides of the ball. Obviously, I talked about Joel Embiid earlier. I don't need to talk about him too much anymore. So I want to mention some of the honorable mentions from yesterday because uh, we had a lot of great performances around the NBA. And I, I 100%, if I'm missing somebody, I'm sorry. These are the guys that caught my eye. Um, so as I'm looking around the league, the first person I see is Anthony Simons. He does not get the respect that he deserves in this league. Um, he's a he's a guy that can light it up scoring-wise. I, I just want everybody to know that. You probably believe it now after last night, but I was saying this before that game. He's, he's a guy, you know, as talks increase with Portland and Philly, that's a guy I wanted included in that trade. If we had to give up multiple pieces of Matisse and a, and a Ben Simmons, I wanted Anthony Simons back in that deal with C.J. McCollum or with, you know, a, a Dame Lillard if we have to ship out a massive package for him. So I've, I've been a big fan of this guy, and last night was really kind of his, his outcoming, right? Um, so 43 points, seven assists, four rebounds. He was nine for 16 from the three-point line. Now, that's prolific shooting from the three-point line. I just want you to know that. 13 for 21 from the field. And obviously, the Portland Trailblazers were able to get the win over the Atlanta Hawks. So for my next honorable mention, I'm going to stick in that same game, okay? So Trey Young, <laughs> which I know all of you, all of you have already seen the stat line, but 56 points, 14 rebounds, four re or 14 assists, excuse me, four rebounds, seven for 12 from the three-point line. So there was a lot of three-point shooting in this game last night. And 17 for 26 from the field. That is ridiculous efficiency. He accounted for 86 of Atlanta's points in that game. Absolutely incredible. Um, so wanted to shout out Trey Young. Despite the loss, still immaculate numbers. 86, 86 of your team's points in a game? That's what he's responsible for? That's not normal. Show some love to Trey Young, even though they knocked us out of the playoffs. I'm going to move out of the NBA realm a little bit here with another honorable mention from last night, um, Najee Harris. And, you know, obviously he had the numbers last night, the, the 28 carries, 188 rushing yards, a touchdown, three receptions, 18 receiving yards. But the reason that Najee Harris is on this list today is because he has won a lot of people fantasy championships from what I'm reading around the Internet, uh, interactions even at work uh, at my day job today. The guy, you know, IMs me. He's like, I think you would find this cool, but I won last second off that touchdown from Najee Harris. So glad he didn't decide to go down and, you know, try to chew up the clock, which, you know, I, I do commend him for that. I have to wonder if that was on his mind. I haven't seen any of the press conferences if he said that, um, but he had to have that on his mind that, you know, he's got to go and take this to the end zone. Maybe it's for Big Ben, create that that great winning moment for him, but I think part of it is, you know, just to please the fantasy owners um, and get them some dubs in their championships. So that was really impressive by Najee Harris. Um, and it's it's really going against the trend of the NFL. You don't really see guys, you know, some will call it stat padding. I don't think it's that. You just take the big play and you, you get as many points on the board as you can. And uh, that's what he did. I appreciated it. Thanks for winning some uh, fantasy championships out there, Najee. Not necessarily mine, but I still appreciate you anyways. Love to have you on my team. Um, the last guy I'm going to mention, you guys are going to think this is hilarious, but um, I'm going to mention Antonio Brown. 
and you and you ask, right? Like, why is Antonio Brown on the do something major list? Uh, it's because <laughs> Antonio Brown, he has no shame, man. He's sitting courtside at the Brooklyn Nets game last night. I mean, you can't make this shit up with Antonio Brown. He is a he's a character. Um, I'm not going to speak too much on his situation. I don't know what's all going on with him mentally, but um, funny situation. He's he's sitting courtside at the Brooklyn Nets game after he ditches the Buccaneers mid-game. Uh, very interesting night of sports last night. And as you see, there was a lot of great performances, and I'm sure there's some that I even missed. Um, hey, Cork Miles could have been on the list. 24 and 11, that's a pretty solid game for him. First career double. double. So um, great night of basketball, great night of sports in general. Um, just want to say thank you to everybody that tuned in today. Definitely want to go through these comments. I know I didn't get to them today. I've, you know, been running around all day. My mind's all over the place. I had, you know, big guest today, which uh, definitely shout out to Harrison Graham. Thank you so much for coming on once again, Harrison. Um, Adam. Thank you so much for checking in. What's up, Skype? And he can't be stopped. He is a beast. That is 100% true. Uh, most dominant player on the planet. And if you don't want to hear it, I'm sorry. Uh, it's between him and KD. I'll give you that. But most dominant player on the planet. Who do you think the Sixers will try to bring in to help him be? It's it's hard to say on that. It's hard to say on who's going to, you know, who they're going to target, who is available. I can't speak on that. We None of us know in reality. Um, but we do know that Ben Simmons was in the building. Uh, yesterday so that's interesting we'll see what that was all about um you know there's a lot of rumors was that you know him going in for you know a physical because he's about to be traded who knows we'll find out soon if that's the case um Tobias does nothing for this team in the fourth quarter paying him to be a closer yeah you know I don't know I'm I'm gonna disagree there because I don't think they're paying him to be the closer yes he got the max contract and that's ultimately made well I won't say that's ultimately what you know kept Tobias in Philly, but maybe that's what ultimately it, what it took to keep Tobias in Philly at the time. After you're already losing Jimmy Butler, you're, you're choosing Brett Brown and Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler, and you let him go to Miami. So you're looking at Tobias. We got to keep some talent on this team. I don't think they did that signing in, w- with Tobias in mind as the closer. I don't think that that's the case. Um, in reality, I think Tobias was signed to be the third fiddle on offense um, behind Ben Simmons and behind Joel Embiid. Now, we know uh, Ben Simmons is not the prolific scorer, but Ben Simmons makes a lot of things happen on offense. He's definitely going to be the guy that would be the, the offense would be ran through um, whenever it's not in Embiid's hands. So you got to you got to take all of that into account. Um, and then, you know, just as far as uh, Tobias in the four, there's a lot of responsibilities that shouldn't be Tobias's right now, but. That does not excuse his poor shooting. He needs to fix this. He needs to take better shots. He needs to be more decisive and more efficient. I will say that. Um, he's not the closer, though, and hes I don't think they're paying him to be that. Joel Embiid is the closer, and you've seen that with the clutch stats. Uh, Philly Take with RB. Thank you for checking in, brother. Really love your work over there on your channel. Philly Take with RB has got some great stuff. Be sure to check his channel out. He is on it. I mean, you talk about live game, uh, you know, watch along uh with with on his channel stuff is awesome he does play by play he's an awesome person um and i hope to work with him very soon in the future one thing he's not is a quitter yeah talking about tobias he does he puts effort out there i i do believe that he does love philly i do believe it i still believe it um but i think he's just going through a rough stretch right now and i think we need to lay off a little bit so we don't permanently break this relationship um and, and so that it doesn't turn into another ben simmons situation that's the last thing we want 
Trust in Maxi. That's all I do, baby. I love me some Tyrese Maxi. Thanks for checking in, Phil. Uh, thank you for checking in as well, KCTNT Production. I, I appreciate you. Uh, seeing you on a couple shows now. Definitely keep tuning in. We'll get you involved in the show more. Gent, thank you for tuning in as always, brother. Appreciate you. Bennett's traded for two to three debt players. Who do you see falling out of the rotation? Guessing that was for Harrison, so I won't answer a question for him. Uh, but my answer to that question, depending on what is traded with Ben Simmons um, and what you're getting back, I think you have to move guys like Corkmaz, maybe even Shake if, if necessary, out of that rotation. Paul Reed's already in and out of the rotation. Charles Bassey's in and out of the rotation. Um, Andre Drummond's going to, you know, obviously be the backup center. So I, I don't know how much would change with that. And it really depends who's being shipped out with Ben Simmons. Is a Shake Milton being shipped out with Ben Simmons? Is a Matisse Thibel being shipped out? Is Tyrese Maxey, which I wouldn't do. Um, but is he being shipped out with Ben Simmons? We just never know. Adam, thank you once again. Great show, Scotty. Great guest. Yes, Harrison was great. Thank you once again to him for coming on. And, of course, Gint with the Chris Bosch love. I got to finish my show off with that, guys. Chris Bosch, hey, I'm going to show some love, man. And it's so funny because um, Phil, uh, Beard of Knowledge, you guys know Phil Stifle. This man compared Tobias Harris to Chris Bosch. And I know Gint would have something to say about this. So what I am requesting here live on Scotty Talks NBA, we need a Gint versus Phil showdown. And we're going to argue it out. Tobias Harris versus Chris Bosh. <laughs> Good luck, Phil. I don't, I don't know if you're going to win that one. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It's totally, uh, totally appreciated, 100%. I love all of my listeners, all of the viewers, all of our followers on social media, which, as I'm speaking about social media, make sure you're following DSM Media on Twitter, at DSM underscore media. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at dsm.dosomethingmajor. And make sure you're following us on TikTok at dsm underscore media. We're getting very active on TikTok, very active in the YouTube short world. So make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. But uh, for myself, for DSM Media, that is going to be it for this episode of Scotty Talks NBA. Have a great night, guys. Peace.